And Seema, are you a fan of cookies? I love cookies. I love yeah. them. I love them too, man. And it's hard to, you know, eat cookies while you're trying to have a clean diet. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that that I like about the the Quest cookies is that number one, they taste good. But the second thing is when you eat something, like if you have an actual cookie. You shouldn't feel guilty, but you do because you know what you just had and you know that there's hella sugar and all that crap. But when you have a Quest cookie, okay, there's not that many carbs, has a decent amount of fiber, and it's like not bad for you. So you can have something that tastes really good, enjoy yourself, get that little dopamine dopamine kick if you want to, but you also know that it was something that was good for you. So those Quest cookies are bomb. Yeah, it has some protein in it. And then also it's like one serving, like it's one fairly good sized cookie and you know that you're most likely not going to eat like five, six or 10 or 20 of them like I would with a regular batch of cookies. So check out the Quest cookies. Andrew, what do you got? I just want to tell everybody to check out the double chocolate chip cookie. That one's my Ooh. favorite. Ooh, uh, definitely, I maybe even tied or a really close second is the oatmeal raisin. Uh, something about the like extra kick in the raisin, like it just it sets it off perfect. It's really good. Uh, you guys really need to experience these. Head over to questnutrition.com, enter promo code MarksQuest at checkout. That'll get you twenty percent off everything at questnutrition.com. So, in Sema, I know you know you you come from a background of uh, kind of counting calories and weighing stuff and things like that. Mm-hmm. But more recently, you've been doing a lot of intermittent fasting. And you cut out a lot of carbohydrates, right? Yeah. I've been going super, super, super low carb. Um, How are you really doing that with, with jujitsu and power? And you're still strong. I mean, I think it was just uh, two months ago or so you pulled like a 725 deadlift. Yeah. No, it, it's. I think it took a little bit of getting used to and it took a little bit of experimenting with things I could use in my fast to just make it go a little easier so I wasn't, you know feeling like crap. I think some of the perfect keto products are pretty awesome for that too. Um, like the MCT oils in the morning, but, um, yeah, it just, it, it took some time. It took some getting used to not having anything in my stomach and not eating food during the day. My, uh, my brother really struggles with, uh, fasting. He's mm-hmm. like, I can't fast. And I yeah. was like, well, what if you have, you know, some MCT oil in your coffee? He's like, oh yeah. He's like, I can fast then. Uh-huh. So he can make it till like one or two o'clock each day. A lot of people really struggle with that. They get too hungry. Mm-hmm. You know, and the perfect keto products, I think, are a perfect addition to anybody that's trying to mess around with fasting or trying to make some good lifestyle changes to their diet. You can try the bars. You can try the MCT oil. They also have collagen. I mean, they sell all kinds of stuff, and all the products are really super high quality. People should be checking it out. Check out Perfect Keto. What do we got, Andrew? Tell them where to find it. Cool. So our listeners can enter and stay in ketosis today by going to perfectketo.com slash powerproject and use code powerproject and get 15% off all Perfect Keto products. So we're just watching a video on uh, the sheer force value of meat because the Piedmontese meat is so tender. We're trying to figure out, you know, how how are they able to, you know, make the meat like this? And the video we just watched basically just explains that, you know, by kind of slicing through the meat, they end up with what they call a sheer force value. And apparently uh, the certified Piedmontese, they do a great job of keeping that meat super tender. So very easy to cut through, Mm -hmm. which makes it easier to chew. Yeah. I've had a lot of different types of steaks, a lot of uh, steaks I paid good money for that just were not tender at all. It's the most disappointing thing ever, right? Yes, because you're you're paying good money for steak. You want it to taste good. You want it to be tender. So it's impressive that they're doing all this with their meat. Yeah, it's great. They're putting the information out there, too. And again, they have information uh, on how to cook, which I think is great. Having a cook guide is really uh, important. Um, And on top of it, you know, we don't want the meat to be like hard and dry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there's really nothing worse than having a steak that's like that. And so they have tender meat that has tons of protein in it. 
and it's very lean, much leaner than a lot of the other meats that are out there. And I think they're just doing it with those jacked Nebraska cows. Andrew, where can they find out more information about Piedmontese beef? Certified Piedmontese has a crazy deal exclusively for our listeners. Head over to Piedmontese.com. That's P-I-E-D-M-O-N-T-E-S-E.com. Enter promo code POWERPROJECT. That'll get you 25% off your order, along with free two-day shipping on all orders of $100 or more. (laughs) Dude, that's called flexing on somebody. And Andrew, we're all boys here. Like, you don't, there's no need to do that. I mean, and Seema does it because he's an asshole. <laughs> and Andrew, you and I have talked privately about what an asshole and Seema is at length. Uh, I know this, though. At length. Always flexing on people. I try to. Always. I got to gotta put them in their place. But, dude, I, I think <laughs> so. I think that, you know, God sets us up to, like, live maybe about 100 years old. Okay. And then I think it's our job from there to try to take that and do the best we can with it. And I think I, from just – uh most of my knowledge, and I could be totally wrong on this, but I kind of have a theory that you're, the foods that we eat um, can mainly only do us harm. And there's some foods that can just be like in the middle. And I think fruit, vegetables, and meat kind of just are like in the middle. They don't give us a real positive. They don't give us a real negative. Now, towards certain results, maybe they give us a positive, but towards longevity, I don't think they really do. And again, like I ain't no scientist and I'm not a nutritionist, so uh, I don't know, you know, but I'm just, it's just kind of a little bit more of a theory. And I think that pizza and Doritos and ice cream and some of these magnificent things, if we stack those things up too much and we overeat consistently, I think uh, we'll be lucky to live to, to be into our seventies. The average life expectancy, we just looked it up beforehand is about 79. So I think, uh, you know, and that's that's pretty crazy because how many what percentage of the population even eats relatively healthy? Yeah, like that's a pretty long life. You know, people people will kind of <laughs> always say life is life is short. You know, uh, it, and I'm sure when you look back at your life when you're older, you probably will feel that life is short. But I think that life it feels pretty long. Like it feels like we have a good amount of time on this earth. I know relative to how long Earth has been here, it's very short, but mm-hmm. it feels like a pretty good amount of time. And I just wonder, can we really, truly prolong it with exercise and nutrition if we get on these certain diets? What do you think? <clears throat> All right, there's a lot here. But I think that, I think that we can the – big, the big concept is not overdoing. Um, I think you kind of mentioned that too, you know, uh, foods that you can overeat on or foods that it's very easy to overeat on like, you know, pizza, ice cream, really palpable foods. It's very, very easy to just go to ham on those. Everywhere other than the U.S., actually not everywhere, because certain other countries, people overconsume a little bit too. But like you do go to other countries, especially in European countries and Asian countries, and when you see meals in restaurants, they're typically not massive meals. I do wonder, like, what is the, you know, average lifespan of someone in some of those countries? Is it higher than the U.S. or lower? But the people on average tend not to overconsume food. Now, I do think that there are certain things that people can utilize to extend their lifespan. Um, there's been, I mean, as far as longevity is concerned, Rhonda Patrick talks about this a lot in terms of the amount of research that's gone into sauna use, especially in European countries and the people that live there and how it's like there's there's an uptick in all like just their lifespan because of it. So there, I think there are habits that can help with that like doing that and then exercise i think obviously 
there's there's also like within exercise there's also not overdoing it because if you're if you're trying mm. to be an elite level athlete and i think maybe this really depends on the sport too because let's say an elite level athlete in a sport that's you know like basketball or something i don't think that's as potentially harmful to the body as potentially being an elite level athlete in a sport like powerlifting or a, a, a resistance sport it's just because of the load that an individual has to lift like even olympic lifting on a consistent basis right so they'll become they'll get really fit but i mean you'll see like you see if an athlete does that for a really long time there's hip replacements sometimes there's just different things that you know that that wear down the joints but i think that if you can had like lift within reason. I think um, what's his name from OPEX? I keep forgetting yeah, yeah, his name. Yeah, he, he was talking yeah, like that. Yeah, he was mentioning a lot of. I, I'm losing his name for a second. Ferguson or something like that. Or God, uh, well, it'll it'll. I'll, I'll find it. He'll it, find it. It'll pop up. It'll but, come to us. Yeah, in that episode, he made a really good point that you know, for longevity's sake, you do want to exercise, and it right. will help you live longer because you'll have stronger muscles, stronger joints, but. It's probably not like training like an elite athlete is probably not going to lead to that. Like, yeah, you'll get very strong, but then you also run a higher risk of long, long-term injury. Yeah. A real simple example of that is, um, you know, maybe you go out and maybe you try some sprints. Well, maybe you try some sprints at 70%, 80%. Well, then now maybe your buddy lines up next to you and now you try to sprint against him and you hurt your hamstring, right? Like as soon Tom. as, yeah, 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 yeah. Tom, yeah. Well, as soon as there's competition involved or as soon as you're trying to like impress or like, you know, really push and same thing could happen on like a bench press here with your buddies and, yeah. you know, each guy does 275 and now it's your turn and you, you don't have no business trying 275, but of course, cause everybody else did it. There you are. Now you went from having a healthy practice to compromising your health because now you have an injury. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, maybe the same thing is, is happening with a lot of people's training where they're maybe training for two hours or they're, you know, utilizing sprints or they're just being too competitive. Maybe, maybe they compete in powerlifting and uh, maybe they compete three or four times a year and they have a lot of stress and anxiety over really trying to push that, uh, that deadlift up, that total up. Mm. And that can be, uh, that can be pretty brutal. As far as like basketball goes, that whole thing is very interesting too, because I wonder, I wonder if body size, you know, I wonder how body size plays into all this. Cause I mean, now obviously like the person's like shrunken down and stuff cause they're like old, but I don't know about you guys, but anytime I've watched TV and they had like the smuckers, you know, 110th birthday for so-and-so or whatever <laughs> that they share on the news sometimes, yeah. it's always like a shriveled down person, you know? And then women live longer than men. And I wonder if that's because in general, women are normally smaller than men. So mm-hmm. uh, what I would you know, wonder is like, I wonder what the stats look like on people that are like six, five and above. Yeah. You know, even like LeBron James, you think like, that's like, that's gotta be like the healthiest human on the planet. Cause he's six, eight and he's two fifty, and he doesn't really have any body fat. He's can do all kinds of crazy stuff that no one's been able to do before. And so you might think, Maybe that's like the healthiest guy in the world, you know, but maybe, mm-hmm. maybe be just because of how big he is. I mean, we only get one heart, Yeah, you know, so I wonder, you know, maybe his heart adapted. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of like willful exercise or um, like exercise for exercise sake, I think that's just been something that we've been doing what since, I don't know, maybe like, yeah, there's been sport for a long time, but conscious exercise of the mass population 
where we've had like gyms and and weights to move around. Um, that's just been something that we've been doing for the, like what the last 60, 70 years. Yeah, it's not. Huh? It hasn't been around for that long. I mean, I know like um, that whole like Venice Beach, like muscle movement, muscle beach movement. Yeah. Is really from my understanding from like the 50s and 60s, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there was some movement of weights in other countries and stuff like that. And I think there was some stuff going on here as well. Um, but it, it's not dating back that far to your point. You know, it might yeah. be. Uh, maybe circus lifts. I know we're like a thing for mm-hmm. a while. And then uh, there's like Herman Gorner and he's from a long ass time ago. I, I would say like the earliest that we're seeing a lot of uh, weights starting to be moved is maybe like 1920, 1930. That yeah. would be like the earliest. And then the progression of it being more uh, more attractive to the average person and the learning of like building muscle probably didn't happen until like the 60s or the 70s, mm-hmm. which ain't that long ago. Yeah, so I think there's... Three things to think about. And then like treadmills and, and ellipticals and like yeah. all that stuff. I mean, those are all, I mean, I think those are pretty new in terms of like landing uh, in areas that are easy for you to go and utilize. I'm yeah. not, I mean, I'm sure treadmills probably been around for a long time, but uh, usage of treadmill for weight loss uh, amongst the masses is, let's just say it's 50 years old. Mm-hmm. So what I'm getting at here is like, I've I've seen a bunch of articles and certain documentaries. You see like uh, certain people that are 60 and 70 and they look like they're 50, look like they're 40. They're in amazing shape and they're typically people that are exercising. That's one thing. Number two, though, I think that just because we have gyms and just because we have access to a lot of these things, I think that you're right in terms of us as a population being in a net negative because even though we have access to all these things that if utilized in a smart way, can I believe help us live much longer? Most people aren't living lifestyles that will allow them to do that. Even if they do go to the gym, the reason is most people are sitting down most of their day in an office. Space. Andrew <laughs> sitting down most of the day in an office space. They're not getting outside. They're not getting sunlight. And I mean, even we had a chat with Ron Pena about like the effect on the, ch- the eyes of Chinese children because yeah. they weren't getting enough sunlight. Right. That's the population. OK, they're living most of their life in a chair in an office. Right. They have access to a gym and let's say they do work out once a day. They're still not even on their feet for a majority on that time. They're sitting. So you think about that over a long period of time, working out once a day. Let's say most people don't work out seven days a week, but let's say they get that one hour of gym time seven days a week. But the rest of the time, they're not even on their feet. They're not outside. That's still going to be a net negative because when they get to, I think, 50, 60, 70, they're still going to have, a, like, I think probably worse problems than individuals in the 30s and 40s who were forced to potentially have to be outside, do manual labor, and walk around a lot more. Mm. I think those people would end up living longer than most of the people in this population just because of the small habits that they were forced to have. If we were able to do these things yeah. like pay attention to walking around a lot, get out multiple 10-minute walks, he say, get outside, not sit most of the time. And use resistance training in the gym. That resistance training will help you like not shrivel over, I think, as you get yeah. older and all these other things that happen. I, I like what you're saying right there because that falls in line with our boy Simland when he talked about fasting. And mm. he talked about, you know, it's cool to do a 24-hour fast or 48 or 72 and some people do longer. Um, but what's even uh, probably better for you is to have consistency. 
Like maybe you fast 12 hours every day, but maybe you do it for four years. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. that's a lot of fasting. You know, that's a lot of, that's a lot of time. That's half the day spent every day, not eating. And then half the day, uh, with like maybe like an eating window, depending on your schedule or how you're doing it. Um, but it, it kind of, you know, falls in line with what you just said about, you know, maybe the activity of somebody years ago. And also what about like the brain activity of just saying like, I need to go get well water, like for my family. Yeah, It's, you know, fucking 13 degrees outside. I need to like have the practice of, of getting up, getting all these clothes on just to get out the door. Mm -hmm. And then I have to walk a few hundred yards and then once I get the buckets of water, however it worked, I don't even know how <laughs> some of this stuff worked. And you you walk with these buckets for a while, and then now you have you know just even some water. You don't have a lot of it. You just have some. And maybe you got to make you know multiple trips. Maybe your you know six year old son, you got, maybe got to nudge him and say, "Hey, boy, you're coming with me," like type thing. And maybe from the time you're so young, you're doing all these things, and not only you're doing these things and their activities but you're also forcing your brain to yeah. do stuff that you don't really want to do when you don't normally want to do it. And I think all of us can agree that that's a, that's a pretty healthy thing. Mm -hmm. You know, that I can't really think, you know, forcing yourself to do stuff that's really, really hard and going like all David Goggins on it. That's like a different category. And that's not really what we're talking about here. Yeah. We're talking about, you know, picking up your bedroom. We're talking about, you know, cleaning the house, cleaning out your garage. Um, and then also, you know, kind of from, from years and years ago, you know, um, doing things on a farm or doing manual labor. You know, my, my grandpa was really like old school and he used to make his kids, he had nine kids. Uh, he used to make his children go out and like dig a ditch. Mm. And then they would say like, like they'd be like why and he's like because i said so i said to go out and dig a ditch they don't know how to dig a ditch they've never done it before they just start digging and of course their hands get all jacked up and then they go and they like look for gloves and of course my grandpa had gloves around because he was a mechanic and he did a lot of like manual labor stuff but he didn't tell them any of that you know then they just they found the gloves because they got blisters on their hands yeah and they're like this is more effective than not having gloves but mm -hmm. they're sitting there and they're just figuring everything out and then once they dug the ditch, uh, they would be like, all right, what do you want us to do now? It's like, just fill it back in. <laughs> <laughs> so they would really just do, they would just like do stuff. And it's like, uh, we don't have, obviously like that was for no reason. That wasn't that long ago, but like, you know, sometimes you're doing stuff like that for a reason. Maybe you're, you know, got a trench cause you need like irrigation or something from, you know, many years ago. Now it's just like a machine does, it. you know, you hop on like some sort of machine and it just plows right through it and it gets yeah. the job done. Uh, for you so you're absolutely right like we used to just have to do a lot more I, I wonder like that's a really interesting thing I wonder how many calories you know our ancestors burned you know and and is burning calories is the simple act of just burning calories is that healthy it probably is you know we're probably you're probably supposed to burn a certain amount of calories per hour that you're awake mm -hmm. every day and uh, that requirement certainly isn't being uh Met, I think you probably know a little bit more about this than I do, but like there's some stats and information. Like if you swim for like a, uh, an hour, you know, how many calories you burn. And when you look at it, you're like, that ain't that much. Yeah. And so again, back to your point is like swimming as an activity, running as an activity, lifting weights as an activity. These are all great things, but we're probably not going to really burn that many calories. And normally what we've seen and from what I've uh, heard from guys like Stan Efforting is you're looking at like 10 or 15% uh, 
of your daily caloric need uh, being uh, a requirement uh, for your training. Mm -hmm. And so if you have just more activity throughout your day because you just do a lot of stuff, that would probably represent that other 90%. And that's where people probably aren't moving that much. Let's think about this. Like we're here standing during this podcast, right? Or let's just think of an individual that's standing during the day at a desk. Start moving around a little more. Yeah. They'll start like I like dear while we're podcasting, I'm always like moving around a little bit more because like, you know, I, I got to stretch, etc. But if I was sitting, I'd be very just like still and my fingers would be moving. Andrew, I'm not calling you out here. <laughs> I'm not calling you out. <laughs> but <here>. we are. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 it, it's true. Right. So, I mean, even if you're not taking multiple walks or whatever, you, you're like, it's, uh, I think it's called NEAT, non-exercise activity thermogenesis. That is increased drastically because you have all of this movement that's going on. Even when you're standing and you're fidgeting around, you burn quite a bit of calories and it adds up almost like going back to the fasting thing that you were talking about, right? If you just don't eat for t- like 14 hours, multiple days a week, it adds up. Just like if you were standing for most of your day, over time, it adds up. You find that like, if even if you work out once a day and you're trying to cut, right, that one workout is not going to help you in terms of like losing weight or, or burning calories. What's more so going to help you either is going to be you having to potentially eat less food, you having to potentially, potentially add in more excess calories in terms of cardio or trying to do things during your day that come naturally, like standing a little bit more, like just going and taking a walk while thinking, et cetera, doing that multiple times a day. You'd be surprised at how many calories you can burn doing stuff like that. And probably you'd be able to eat more. Actually, you'd be able to actually definitely eat more food because of your general just habits. You have better habits. Mm. So I think that, um, yeah, like it's it's very difficult for a lot of people to lose weight just because of what's going on with their normal day. They're not burning many calories. And it's it's kind of interesting because nowadays you really have to think about burning mm. calories. Yeah. Whereas I think in the past with a lot of people, they never had to think about burning calories because they just were with their habits. You know, and it's funny. The, the other thing you mentioned with things getting easier, Andrew and I were legit just having a conversation about how. Um, like it was, he he got a groceries from Amazon, mm-hmm. right? And it was just so. Con- Go ahead, man. It was so convenient. I, I I'm gonna give Amazon all my money to be, <laughs> because, uh, and and it's not even just from like a, a shopping like spree standpoint. Uh huh. But no, it's uh, we so over the weekend, you know, grocery stores everywhere. It, it gets crazy. Like I hate going anywhere during the weekend. But we needed some things for Monday and it's like, oh, dude, like I don't like I don't I'm not going like we're not going. It's like, let's try the uh, like the whole food section of Amazon.com. So if you have prime membership, you get free groceries delivered to or, you know, free delivery. You pay for the groceries, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, within about two hours, we had everything we needed from the store minus like a handful of things that you have. You can't just, you know, get from the uh, website. But. It was so easy. It was so convenient. It was cheap too. It wasn't super expensive. I think uh, you're forced to tip like five bucks or more. Um, I I honestly couldn't figure out how to do that. But anyways, uh, for like, let's just say that even if it is, I don't know, a dollar or two more per item, whatever it is, like, I don't know. It wasn't even that. Like we got all our bananas for like under a dollar. It was crazy. Uh, whatever the cost is, I'm down to pay for it because the convenience of not having to deal with getting in the car, going, dealing with the, uh, even if I do self-checkout, like, oh, the fucking button's not working again mm-hmm. or whatever it is, you know, 
it was so nice. And I was just sitting there thinking like, man, like there's no excuses. Like you, you have your, your set list of things that you want to meal prep or whatever. You have the total before you check out. Yeah. Cause like, I, I know there was a time period where it's like, I have a bunch of stuff in my cart and it's just like, I have to check my bank account cause I don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know how, if I'm going to be able to afford all this. Yeah. And then with that, it's so easy. Cause you're like, Oh, I definitely have that, you know? Mm-hmm. And it would, uh, we're doing that many, many more times. But like that takes away and it's good. But then the activity of going to the store, walking around the store, oh, having to go look for things, right? Mm-hmm. Even that is now systematized. So you, you don't have to have yeah. that. Like it, it, we, I don't, I don't want to call it expenditure, but it is an expenditure. I, I'm right? not, I'm not sure. Um, who had this, I'm not sure if this is correct information, but maybe you can look it up. But Rocky Marciano, you know, the undefeated heavyweight champion <clears> of the world, <throat> one of the only boxers to ever retire undefeated, uh, 49 and 0. Um, he was very underweight as as a boxer. Um, I think he was uh, a heavyweight boxer at like 190 pounds. Yeah. You know, and he's in the heavyweight class, you're going against guys that are like 6'4, six, 6'5, six, and they're good 230 or 250. Even back then, there were some big guys. Um, but his job when he was young, he used to move ice blocks. He used to move these giant ass ice blocks that were really heavy. You would take these two like metal things and you would dig them into the side and you would unload these like giant uh, ice ice blocks from like a chest and then you would bring it into, you know, an apartment or a house or whatever. They didn't have or a business maybe or, or probably more like a store rather because mm-hmm. they didn't really have they didn't have a lot of refrigeration. And so we're talking about the convenience of like having something delivered right to your home. But think about the inconvenience of like not even having really like a refrigerator. Yeah. You know, so there was times when people didn't even have like uh, refrigeration or the ability to like freeze stuff or keep stuff cold. And it's like, I mean, even if you were just to think about, don't worry too much about not having a fridge because like there's not a scenario where we have to worry about that for now in this country. Um, but just think if you had to just walk to your store, like where, where is your nearest store? Like, think about that for a minute. Where's your nearest store that has, you know, pretty good food? Like there's probably a gas station, not too far, but like a real store. And imagine if, if you had to figure that out or you had to figure that out with your family and you were like, all right, everyone, we're going to walk to the store and I need all of you because we need to gather up more food Mm because I can't carry, you know, 17 bags back, back. Well, probably what would happen is you'd probably have more frequent trips and you'd probably get, you probably wouldn't get as much stuff every time because, you know, if you got like three or four things of milk or something, it'd be really heavy to carry back. Right. (laughs) And so, I mean, just, uh, you know, some of these things like that we used to have to do that just aren't around anymore. And back to your thing about neat, you know, um, we've had Lane Norton on this podcast many times and, um, Lane talked about things that drive down neat things that just drive down your kind of ordinary, normal fidgeting, your normal moving around, and even your motivation to um, get up off your couch and and go get the remote. Mm-hmm. It might be diminished, and it might be diminished because of your cardiovascular activity that you're doing in the gym. Maybe you're overtraining with the weights. And or maybe you're in a caloric deficit. So these are all things that you can kind of think about like, man, why am I having such a lazy bones day? Like, am I, am I, uh, did I not sleep? You know, you can kind of go through the checklist and you can say, man, I did 25 sprints this morning. On yeah. the, you know, maybe you just overdid, maybe you just really went for it. And you're like, that's probably uh, what's driving me to do those things. But if you can start to learn about this stuff and start to be more mindful, because maybe you're training, maybe it's not. 
You want your diet to support your training and you want your training to support your diet. So maybe your training isn't supporting your diet. Maybe your training, maybe you are going to the gym. Maybe you are consistent, but maybe you're wiping yourself out so bad at the gym that you don't have a whole lot of energy or motivation to do anything else. Yeah. No, I, that, that makes a lot of sense too. You know, sometimes I think like though, when you, there, there's two sects of this, when you're an athlete and you're like, let's say you're trying to get ready for a competition or you're a power lifter who's really trying to get strong for competition. Sometimes you're going to have sessions like that. Like that is pretty much mm-hmm. unavoidable. You're going to have workouts that are going to wipe you out and uh, it, it's, it's unavoidable. Yeah, especially then, with what you're doing too with the jujitsu. Yeah. Like when you're in a jujitsu athlete, you're going to have sessions that are going to wipe you out. Um, but when you're someone who's trying to work out and get healthier, there are going to be some sessions that are harder, but they don't necessarily need to mess you up so much that when you're going home, you can't do anything, but like lie down and you can't go take a walk afterwards. You can't, you you don't even Mm -hmm. want to take a brisk walk after your workout. You know, I don't, what do you think about that? Do you think that's pretty much right? No, it's a hundred percent accurate. If you're, you're going to get to a point where you're trying to compete and stuff because you love it and that alone is healthy like finding stuff that you love finding stuff that you're passionate and excited about i think probably in my opinion i can't really think of um i guess like love would be more powerful but i can't think of too many more things in in this world that are more powerful than just looking forward to stuff Mm -hmm. like just having something to look forward to and for yourself i think that you're you know jujitsu is probably something that you know, sometimes you're probably like, wow, like I really blew it out. You know, the last couple of days of training had been really hard and, you know, my back is stiff and this and that. But like you really look forward to those moments that you get to train and you look forward to those moments when maybe you don't love every moment of training, but those moments when it like clicks mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, shit, I figured that felt really good. Can't wait to get back here more, you know, and learn more. You know, those feelings are really good. So I think that the feeling and the um just finding stuff that you really look forward to, I think is a really, really compelling uh, component and a reason for like going for it and overdoing it, you know, on occasion. I think, you know, you're always going to, you're always going to overdo it. Yeah. No. And like, that's partially why, like, I like the nature of, of jujitsu as a sport, at least, because don't get me wrong, it can be very dangerous as we've talked about, (laughs) you know, people snapping up knees and ankles and stuff. But I also think that, if you're if you're doing it and you're trying to be at competition level, um, if you're careful and you're smart about what you do, you can go through and you can come out unscathed. Mm. Like you, you really can, even when training at really really high levels. Because again, if you're being smart, and you're being careful. You can always tap when you need to tap. Um, you, in terms of utilizing your joints, like you'll you'll I mean you'll use them a lot, but it's not like you're loading them hard and heavy all the time. So I think it is something that. I can go out and come come out with ideally unscathed and healthy and I can do for very like I can I want to do that until my deathbed. I, I want to lift until my deathbed too. Yeah. And I think if you're doing it for yourself, I think all that stuff is easier. Mm. If you're worried about like uh, you know, I, this guy's got me in this leg lock and I'm just going to like show my boys that I'm the toughest guy oh. here. I'm not even going to care that I'm in this leg. That's when you run into trouble. Yeah. But if you're doing stuff for yourself, if it's, if you're like, you know, I'm in this hold and I should probably tap and you're like, I just want to see if I got the guts to fight through this. Cause I still think there's enough space. Mm-hmm. I can hang on a little longer 
you know, then you can kind of, I think you can kind of gauge stuff and maybe you're not trying to be like such a tough guy. But I think the problem a lot of times is that that kind of side feature of everything is, it's really hard not to do. It's hard not to be like, I want to impress everybody else and I'm going to show them like what a badass I am with this, you know, and you maybe try a new move and you go to like take someone down or do something and you throw out your back or something stupid because yep. it was something that just it doesn't fit your styles and fit where you, you saw bones jones do something now you're trying it mm-hmm. it's like you got no business messing with that everyone's deadlifting 500 today i want to deadlift 500 too yeah. you know what i mean so exactly though like with lifting also if you can figure out and make it about yourself and be smart about what you're doing for yourself no one you need to push and no one you need to back off you don't have to get injured. Like the lifting injuries that happen during powerlifting don't have to happen. You can progress, you can get stronger and get through it relatively unscathed. But there are moments where you do need to, I think, have a, I guess, a calculated push. Yeah. Because you can't always stay, uh, stay super conservative. Yeah. There have to be pushes, but I think they can just be calculated. Like, okay, I've never touched 600 pounds, but because of everything I've been doing in training, I did 585 for two the other day. And I maybe had one more rep. I've never done 600, but I know it's possible. Right. You can push yourself. You can hit that 600. And you mm-hmm. probably won't get injured. And also, you know, just be careful that you're not trying to be greedy. You know, and when it comes to lifting, if you do hit a 585 deadlift and your previous best is 565, you know, you might want to think like that felt really good. Yeah. And I want it to stay that way. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of times it's, you know, crank up the music and, and just go for it. You can make the decision to go for it. You can roll the dice and go for it, but you already got a 20 pound PR. You already proved to yourself that you're uh, well within range. And maybe the smartest thing would be to wait another about two or three weeks. And then when you try that 600, it would be, you know, probably be, you'll probably have exceeded it by then. You're probably stronger than it. And I think that's another thing to kind of consider while you're trying to figure out all this stuff on your journey is like, you should probably be a little bit overly prepared. Mm-hmm. But for example, uh, if I'm going to get up and talk in front of everybody, somebody might say, how the hell do you do that, man? How the hell do you go up? You got no you got no script in front of you, and you just go up there and just talk to people for, mm. for so long. It's like, well, I feel like I'm pretty qualified. You know, uh, The information that's in my head, I could talk for a few days about lifting. I, I don't know how many days in a row, but it might take up a couple weeks worth. I don't know. Yeah, And so- when you're doing stuff and you're going for certain weights, you shouldn't just barely be able to do 600 pounds. You should be able to do like 615. You should kind of that that whole thing about you should leave some in the tank. You know, there should always be like an extra rep there. And walking away from stuff and being like, you know what? That wasn't really that hard is an amazing feeling because that thing, not only was it uh, not that hard for you at the moment, but it was nearly impossible for you a few years ago. Yep. You know, your 400 pound deadlift with your legs shaking like crazy was, was a thing for you. Mm-hmm. You know, 405, that was a thing. That was, that was a moment. That was like a spectacular day that you'll never forget. And then the same thing happened with 500 pounds. And now the same thing's going to happen with 600 pounds. Uh, but it's a good idea to be overly qualified for it. Like why, uh, why randomly go for it and why uh, be greedy about it? Exactly. Now I'm, curious because i think um when andy galpin was here it was maybe him who said this he was like you tried to seduce him (laughs) on our show (laughs) he thought i was trying to seduce him and i was but i didn't let him know that on that day Mm. um that's interesting yeah 
Well, I, anyway, if he knows, if he not, if he heard this, I don't think he. If did. you know, you know. If you know, you know. Um, hey, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to derail everything and see me talking. But anyway, I think Ant, it was Andy that was here, and I think he mentioned something about you know the overconsumption of food and like how. I, I think he said, like, you know, being a large athlete doesn't yield itself to longevity. I don't necessarily know that, or I don't necessarily think that I agree wholeheartedly with that. Although I do totally understand what he's saying. I think that if you're like a, if you're a larger athlete or you're a muscular person, um, or you've, you've built a lot of muscle and you've been eating a lot of food to do that, um, I think in the long run, if you're doing a lot of the things that we're talking about here, I think it can yield itself to longevity. And the reason is, is because, okay, you, you, you'll, you know, you'll be doing these, like you may be competing for a long time. Cause there are guys like, we're going to have odd, odd Hogan here. Mm-hmm. You know, he competes into his C69, you know, and <laughs> yeah. he's still competing. Right. So you can definitely do these competitions into later in life. But I also think that naturally over time, you will be getting smaller. You won't be able to have as much muscle on your frame, but the muscle that you've built, if you're smart about your training and if you're, you're smart about what you're doing, that will yield itself to also like helping your body be strong into your older years. I mean, how often do we see like just older individuals start to just shrivel down and shrink down because of partially gravity and lack of muscular strength? Um, They just kind of shrivel away. But if you've built something, it'll give you pretty much, you'll be able to weather that into your older years. And I think that again, if you're smart about all the variables of your training, even if you are eating a little bit extra, I think, I don't see why it can't yield itself to longevity. Yeah, well, people with muscle, it's like a like a study was done, right? Like people with uh, stronger legs are harder to kill. And grip strength. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so uh, one of the like most common causes of like we joke about it, but like oh, I you know broke my hip. Yeah, it's because pe- the old people fall and they yeah. can't catch themselves and they don't mm-hmm. have enough leg strength to like balance themselves, so they fall, bust their hip. Next thing you know, they're they're bedridden for. Well, the rest of their days, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, stronger people are harder to kill. So what you're saying is actually been proven. It makes a ton of sense. And I think we have a better understanding of like the variables too, mm-hmm. and and dealing with these variables into our older years. So I I feel like we could live for a really long time. Yeah, and not only live for a long time, but but be healthy. Be healthy. You know, be healthy, be uh, conscious. You know, like there's there's more and more evidence that um, like Alzheimer's is like is really and and dementia and things like that are pretty closely related to diabetes. There's more information coming out about that all the time. So being on a low carb, modest carb diet, um, it's not even so much the carbs, but the carbs play into it again, mainly because people end up overeating. So Mm -hmm. I, I I hate that I have to sometimes, you know, say carbs and have it be this blanket statement on carbohydrates. But, and, and again, back to what we we always share on this podcast, if you're eating potatoes and rice and and fruit, you know, those things, they have a certain taste to them, like a, like a baked potato. It's like, good luck trying to overeat on a baked potato. Now, if you start to add a bunch of stuff to it, now you have now you have the ability oh, yeah, to probably to probably, you know, eat a eat a couple baked potatoes if you throw cheese and everything on them. But, meal. but if you just, you know, if you use some moderation, even with what you put on them, you're not going to uh, overeat them. But anyway, there's some links between dementia um, and uh, the overconsumption of carbohydrates, which we just see a lot of people uh, doing in, in their older years. They're going to have, you know, blood sugar issues. Uh, they're going to have, they're going to become like pre-diabetic, eventually maybe diabetic. 
Um, and then that can lead to heart disease or some people that believe that heart disease and diabetes are like the same thing. They just mm. manifest and show up earlier, uh, on different people. So it's like, you know, one person, their heart will, or their like arteries and stuff will plug up sooner than the next person. And the other person might end up having like type two diabetes, but a lot of these things can be, uh, avoided or at least avoided for longer periods of time, even if it is kind of in your history, um, through having good nutritional practice. Things that we don't know are, could you like just consume a ridiculous amount of calories and be on like a ketogenic diet and have it not have uh, a similar impact? I don't, I don't know. I don't know that information because I would assume that it still wouldn't negatively impact your blood sugar levels. And I think the blood sugar levels are something that uh, is of a, of a great influence over, you know, having uh, heart disease and having, um, diabetes and things like that. Switching gears a little bit, you know, I, I used to be 330 pounds, you know, and, um, I saw Bryce Lewis recently win, um, IPF, uh, nationals, or I guess it would be USAPL nationals mm -hmm. rather. I don't think it was an international competition. Um, and you know, it got me kind of thinking about when we think about longevity, like maybe if there's like a chunk of time in our life where we really went for something, you know, maybe it doesn't have that harmful of an impact or maybe it does. I don't know. Like maybe, you know, maybe me getting up to 330 pounds and wanting to squat 1100 pounds and bench 900 and try to go for some of those things I was going for. Uh, maybe it did cost me a little bit, but I, if, if somebody's like, Hey man, that, that I got proof it knocked five years off your life. Um, I love life. I love, you know, uh, having experiences and having time with everyone. And, but I would say, you know what, that was, that was, I'll be honest, that was worth it. Like that was fun. Like mm -hmm. that's kind of what made my, that kind of made me who I am in the eyes of fans and stuff like that. It didn't, uh, it's not my identity personally, but it's my identity, identity outwardly to, uh, having built up slingshot and some of these other things. So it's like, you know, like we talked about, you got to kind of go for it sometimes. Yeah. And if you're going to try to be a Brazilian jiu-jitsu champion, then it's like, yeah, you're probably going to have a surgery. You're probably going to like a couple things are probably going to be, but could Bryce Lewis, you know, could Bryce Lewis be like, you know what, I'm making another run at worlds and I want to see what I can do there. Maybe do another year or two after that. Boom. Back to, cause he used to bodybuild. Mm -hmm. And he used to be a volleyball player. Like he used to be a, a college volleyball player, which is uh, strange because he's not a super tall guy. You wouldn't pin him for a volleyball player. But, Shoot. you know, my and back to kind of my story and my point is that I've been very healthy for a really long time. I've been in good shape for a really long time. When I first met my wife um, 20 something years ago, I was, you know, 210 or 215 pounds or so. And I was pretty lean. So. It's like I, I've been in good shape for many, many years. The fat mark powerlifter was really like a five-year stint. You know, it wasn't really that long. But I did abuse anabolic steroids. I did use PEDs, and um, I did anything and everything I could to try to get stronger. So maybe there was a price to pay there. Maybe. But, but like, like you said, you know, I think that when it comes to stuff like that, you're right. Sometimes you just do need to go for it. Um, some people do like Bryce Lewis. I don't think he he's had any major injuries. No, right? I don't think so. You know, he's he's, he's had like a back injury and stuff, but like real normal stuff. Yeah, real normal yeah. stuff. Like sometimes some things are unavoidable, no matter how much you try to avoid them. But again, you can do things like that and come out like looking at you right now. 
you're fairly unscathed. Like, yeah, yeah. you're not like, I've never had a surgery. You've never yeah. had a surgery. You know, even though you fell with 1100, like almost 1100 pounds, you've never had a surgery. Um, and yeah, you're like, you're doing good on the note of surgery stuff though, man. Um, I was reading this book. It's, it's called range. And it, it was talking about how like doctors have, or there was a portion of the book because let's just say like if somebody comes in with a meniscus type problem, the immediate knee jerk reaction is meniscectomy, right? Meniscectomy. If they see the same thing, but there are a lot of people like you've probably torn your meniscus at some point. Oh yeah, I'm sure. But there's so many people that I think they, they had some people get a, get, actually get a surgery. And then another group, mm -hmm. um, the doctors just like cut into the leg, mm -hmm. but didn't do anything. They just, they just, you know, had scars and doing, didn't do anything. The individuals that, those those individuals um they ended up healing up just fine with some physical therapy without having to get cut into and the ones that got the surgery yeah they they helped they got healed up but they still had some symptoms here and there yeah so with that being said like th i think that there's a lot of uh i guess a lot of surgeries also that may be happening mm -hmm. like even my meniscus surgery that happened that just maybe they didn't even need to happen maybe mm -hmm. those things like you your knees are fine now they're fine and strong but yeah. Maybe a lot of things that, you know, we're doing as athletes in terms of that aspect of things just doesn't need to be done. Mm. There's a lot more to go down there. But right. anyway. Yeah, that was also in uh, the book, You Are the Placebo. Oh, the really? Story. Yeah, that's a pretty good book. It's interesting. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. Yeah. Um, when it comes to like what I'm doing right now, like trying to trying to shred down a little bit, it's pretty safe to say that like if I was to try to like step up on stage. Mm-hmm that's obviously not the healthy way to go, right? That's taking it too far the other way. It you know, I, I like, I like this topic and I think we should tackle this one pretty hard for a little bit. Okay. Um, like I, I people say all the time, isn't that unhealthy? Mm -hmm. You know, like, like if, uh, I don't know if somebody asks to see a picture of like my bodybuilding show or something, you show them, or if I post it, like some people are like, isn't having all those veins not unhealthy? Like people say that a lot about, uh, those kinds of things. So, in this case, you know, your question about like, you know, stepping up on a bodybuilding stage is unhealthy. Um, there's probably some unhealthy practices that you could get into. Um, for myself, I mean, like aside from aside from the PED usage, uh, which I admit is uh, like a roll of dice reckless. But, you know, I have previous people that I know that have taken similar stuff. So I at least have that to base, base it off of. I don't think a lot of people would. I think a small percentage of the population would choose to go down the uh, the path that I did with with some of that stuff. But uh, minusing that out and just thinking about your nutrition, your cardio, and your training, there's there's probably some unhealthy ways of doing it. But like I wasn't in a crazy caloric deficit. I was training really hard. Um, I I didn't really. It was hard because it was it it was hard because of the consistency of it. Yeah, and it was constant, and there was no. There, there wasn't like, oh, you know, hey, hey, dude, like today you get to have three meals. You know, it was like every day I had to have six meals. And, and there was like a cheat meal or two in there, which was nice. But there's really no reprieve and there's nowhere to hide. The cardio has to get done. The lifting, it just has to happen. You have to make it all, uh, make it all happen. So there are people, though, that I think we kind of hear these horror stories, especially when it comes to the female competitors, where they have some unhealthy practices of dropping a lot of weight in a really short period of time and then wham after the competition's over and the men are doing it too yeah. gaining 20 30 40 pounds mm -hmm. and 
you know, when you look at that, like getting that lean isn't quote unquote healthy, but there are a lot of, I think there are a lot of good things that like an individual can learn from doing that. Um, First off, like being able to handle yourself under that under that type of like stress, mm-hmm. because number one, like with a lot of people, the libido goes away with a, like a, your your hormonal levels drop. You do feel very very stressed all the time when you're so that maybe late. almost looking at it like a cold plunge. Like yeah, jumping in cold water, and it's like how long are you doing that? You're not really doing it for that long. Uh-huh. And then same thing with this. It's like you're gonna. It, it sounds long because it's like eight weeks, twelve weeks, however many weeks, but mm-hmm. it's like you're really in this position. This kind of uh, tight window just for I don't know two weeks. Yeah, you're not yeah. gonna you're not gonna hold about two that. weeks, right? Yeah, you're not gonna hold that for for years, or whatever. It's <laughs> gonna be a few weeks, and then you're gonna come out of it. Hopefully, come out of it in a controlled manner. But you can learn a lot from yourself there. And I, you know, uh, when we had this conversation, and I'm in no way comparing myself to Arnold, but you mentioned would Arnold have ever been Arnold without bodybuilding? Like the prep that I did, that was super long, that I got super lean with the body composition that I have right now because of like the way your body fat changes, I wouldn't have that body composition if I never did bodybuilding. So, and a lot of people like Alberto Nunez, Jeff Alberts, a lot of these individuals that are really big and like they're pretty lean. Like a lot of the time people would say that they're in pretty good shape. Their body wouldn't look the way their bodies Mm. do without bodybuilding. So without that extreme, without that extreme, exactly. Like they couldn't, that's the same for me. Like I, I wouldn't be as I've, I've never been this lean in my life. Like I've never been like this consistently lean, you know, since the bodybuilding show, I had a little ups and downs, but for the most part, I've been within about 10 pounds of, of the stage weight. And I know that I don't, uh, you know, look the same, lift the same. Like there's some things that are off. I just don't have quite as much muscle mass because there's not nearly the amount of concentration into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not doing any cardio. You know, I, I do some cardio type stuff in the workout itself, but um, I'm not spending hours on it every day. I, sp- mm-hmm. I work out for, I guess I would, I would say there's an hour devoted to some form of exercise every day because I like walk and stuff like that too. But this is easy. You know, I, all I'm doing is not eating. And, uh, and, and training about an hour. And then I have like an eating window that's like four to six hours. And this feels, and I think you feel the same way. This feels simple. It does. It feels very, very easy, but you know, it seems that like with a lot of individuals who maybe they're doing something now for a long time, they have taken it to an extreme at some point. Mm -hmm. You've taken powerlifting to an extreme at some point, but right now you still do powerlifting and you love it, but it's now, you know, it's now something you could do every day and doesn't like, it doesn't necessarily matter what weight you move in the gym. It's Mm -hmm. still going to be an impressive weight, but you can do that. But there's a point where it's extreme. Like right now, to the point that I'm taking jujitsu, it's a bit of an extreme, but there's going to be a point where I'm not going to be like competing as much or going as hard in training, but I'm still going to be able to maintain it, you know? So I feel like, uh, yeah, maybe it's not the healthiest at that point in time, but there's a short burst of it where, yeah, it might be that way. Why do we still, why do you guys think we still hear people say, like if you posted like a big old picture of steak, and there's like no vegetables or like I posted a while back. I posted, I think I posted a picture of like, uh, my plate with like all vegetables and the meat was gone. Like it was, you know, and basically, uh, you know, my, my plate is a place where vegetables go to die. I think I made a, re- <laughs> I think I made a reference like that or something like that. But I, you know, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding around. Like I eat vegetables, but you know, why do you think like a, a post with like some broccoli and kale, um, People are like pumped about, but sometimes, you know, the, the hamburger or bacon cheeseburger, people say, isn't that unhealthy? Why do you guys think 
people are stuck in that mode because that's what's like that's what's shared around like yeah. that's what you see on social media when you when are you like if you go on like the like going to hashtags about health yeah that's the stuff you see like you see like eat this greens and all this yeah. don't eat red meat like that's still a thing this like we're a real niche in terms of in terms of the stuff mm-hmm. we're talking about yeah i think it even it goes f- much further than social media because you know, doctors are telling you you can't have unsaturated fat, and mm-hmm. it's like, oh, what's a rib I have? Oh, tons, uh, or uh, sorry, is that no? They say to you can't have saturated fat. Can't My have bad. Saturated fat, unsaturated yeah. fat's okay, but ribeyes have so much saturated fat, like you're gonna clog your arteries, blah blah. blah. So it's what, uh, it's what we've been told. It's what a lot of the people on Instagram, what their parents have been told. So it's just kind of like still ingrained mm-hmm. in our minds. So yeah, when we do see the the kale salad, it's like. Uh, Honestly, I think it's also because it's hard to eat that on a regular basis. So you see that as sort of like uh, when somebody sees, you know, in SEMA pulling 700 pounds, like, oh, man, that's that's crazy. Like, I can't do that. But, man, I can get behind that when somebody posts that, like, they have another kale shake today. Mm-hmm. It's like, fuck, dude, I can't do that, man. You're a stronger person than I am. Like, you know, kudos to you. Yeah. So I think it's a little bit of, all, you know, all that combined. You're right. Actually, that's a really good point. You think dude. it's harder to eat the kale stuff and the veggies than it is the meat? Absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think you have a really good point. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you post a, a picture of like a hamburger or in and out, like people are gonna look at that and say, that, that can't be healthy. You know, cause you're, <laughs> yeah. you're always told that, that's that it's too not, good because too I can't, good. I can't have donuts. They taste amazing, but I know those aren't healthy. So they kind of lump in, Everything that tastes good. Speaking of Dunkin' Donuts, I think, uh, or speaking of donuts, uh, Dunkin' Donuts, I believe, is just called Dunkin' nowadays because they have more things than just just uh, donuts. Mm-hmm. Tim Duncan. But uh, yeah, Tim Duncan. <laughs> they have um, Impossible, they got the Impossible Sausage in there for their breakfast. Uh, I saw that the other day oh, wow. for their uh, breakfast <laughs> sandwich. You know, like, so that kind of stuff is really interesting. I mean, I guess the thing has the same calories, basically. So it's not really helping us with anything like that. Um, from my understanding of the Impossible Burger, is it has less, uh, just has less cholesterol. Is kind of the only thing that I'm seeing. Maybe it has a little bit less saturated fat too, or something hmm, like probably that. Probably less saturated fat. Yeah. Um, the whole thing is really wild. You know, it's like what what is this for? Like what is this for? But that's a multi billion dollar company already. Like the company's crushing. Oh yeah. Like they are they are kicking ass, and I wonder what like what thing are they fulfilling you know and 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 do they have you know was this was this an, an, an intention of trying to make america healthier you know or, or or what what is the intent i mean they have all these food scientists and stuff like that mm-hmm. um I, I always kind of think that most things start out with a good intention and with a good heart um i think most supplement companies start out that way i think a lot of businesses start out that way and then People are like, oh, I can make money and I can save money and I can do this and I can do that. And then they start pixie dusting their supplements mm-hmm. and there's less of the real product in there and so on. We know some of yeah. that information, but, you know, I, I really wonder like, you know, what's the mission of like an impossible burger? And I think sometimes I think they're thinking like, um, I heard this line of thinking of like, what happens if there's no more cows? Well, I would say that if we're in a place where there's no more cows, there's probably not machines to make a fucking impossible burger because <laughs> something really jacked up has probably happened to society. Yeah. You know, yeah. and th- there's things other than cows, too, that we can like we have a lot of other uh, types of meat. And I'm sure that there would be um, and people are thinking about the damage to the planet. 
that they're that we're doing, which mm-hmm. a lot of that is being shown to be uh, more hype mm-hmm. than anything else. If I can be the the twelve year old again, and is it really called the Impossible Sausage? I don't know. Okay. I think so. That's got to be someone's porn name, right? Mm-hmm. Ah, <laughs> uh, it is now. <laughs> Hashtag impossible. Sausage. I couldn't help it. Uh, I think it, it's it's very much like uh, when companies started making gluten free stuff. It's like this is gluten free. This is healthier for you, or blah blah blah. Even though they just put more shit in it. That's an interesting thing because from a from a marketing standpoint, it doesn't really make any sense. Like I'm gonna target this subset of people that is probably really really small, but hopefully America's scared enough. To think that they fall into this subset of people and hopefully they'll fall for it. I think that's what's happening with the meat <laughs> stuff too. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people are still like, like even there's people in my life that are like, oh, red meat's not good for you. You can't be eating that much red meat, right? So, so it's it's not, that's what most people believe. And the mm-hmm. conversation at home from the old lady to the guy who's like mm-hmm. overworked, overstressed, doesn't sleep enough, got a pot belly, he's got a beer belly because he you know, plays pool with his buddies on the weekend and watches football or whatever. Mm-hmm. The conversation to him is like, honey, you need, you, know, you need to eat healthier. And then that's when they say, hey, you know, why don't you try this like, you know, vegetable thing that tastes like a burger? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> tastes like a hamburger. And I think you know, those from, and again, my understanding of some of this too is like the vegan people are not the people that are, are their main customers. Their main customers are, um, you know, people that are just trying this on a whim to kind of see if it would be something that would fit into their nutritional plan. Is this better than In-N-Out? Is this better than McDonald's? Like those are the people, the people that go to those types of restaurants. Those are the people that they want to target with this stuff. And if it tastes even a little bit better, oh, that's healthier. So that's that's what they're going to go for. Yeah, and some of the chains have picked it up, right? Like uh, Burger King? Burger King, right? Mm -hmm. And some other chains too, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if McDonald's has picked it up, but... Um, is it any healthier? I mean, like I, you know, we're, we're engineering a food, you know, is that, is that healthier than, uh, just killing something and, and pulling it apart? You know, I don't, I don't, I don't have, I don't have answers on it, but it, it just sounds like, I mean, impossible burger probably has, you know, over 10 ingredients, I'm guessing, Mm -hmm. you know, whereas like a hamburger, like it, it might have, you know, a couple things in it other than just beef because it's ground up could have like skin and some other gross shit in there. But um, it, it's pretty much like a one ingredient product. And then something like McDonald's, they might throw preser- preservatives in there, salt and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's not going to be like engineered in a lab necessarily. At least I don't think it is. Exactly. I, no, I don't, I don't think it is either. I think, um, you know, I think we're, we're kind of, grazing to the topic of uh game changers here but if anyone has watched that mm-hmm. um because i've been getting a lot of dms about have you watched game changers have you watched game changers have you watched game changers go watch sean baker's video on youtube about game changers just go watch it because he goes through well, pretty much everything in that documentary and tells you what's true mm. what's half true and what's absolutely false and there are a lot of like half truths in that documentary. Vegetarians have stronger boners. Oh God, <laughs> that was the thing in the documentary. Do. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, <laughs> that was strange. Like second penis reference of this podcast today. Mm-hmm. Sorry, <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was uh, that was an appeal to to men. It was it was trying to get at men like, hey, 
You want to be a manly you man? Be a manly drop man. the meat, yeah. eat the salad. Why do you guys think that that this happens too? So like, you know, I've been going to a yoga studio for a little while. Why do you think like yoga people adapt this kind of vegan like what's the association there? Do you and and maybe like more women are like I think women just dig vegetables more, right? Like but I but I don't know why. Like is it is it because of society because we're taught that vegetables are healthy and women are trying to be healthy and skinny? Or like, what do you guys think the deal is with that? Just th- taking a shot here. I th- be, because uh, when I think of somebody who does yoga every day, they're spiritual. They're more in tune with nature. They are basically hippies. Earthing. They're, and they're I love hippies, okay? <laughs> uh, so I think, you know, with, with that mindset of like, you know, loving the earth, loving this, blah, 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 blah. And sorry if that's like painting a brush with all. Yeah, you know, yeah. No, that makes sense. They don't want to hurt animals they don't want to hurt anybody so i think that's probably why you're you'll find more uh people that do yoga probably follow mm-hmm. a more plant-based diet which i know you were talking about earlier but uh that that's that would be my assumption and i don't think it's too far off mm. it's yeah. not it's not at all like when i look through the feed of uh like when i've seen women's instagram feeds and like the feed of my girlfriend uh, and i see like when these weight loss posts pop up um, it's always like, eat these vegetables for losing weight or do this uh, like vegan fast for weight loss or mm-hmm. do this juice fast for weight loss. It's it's literally always getting rid of meat and getting vegetables in. Like, yeah. like that's what you got to do to lose weight and be fit and be mm-hmm. like that is literally yeah. still the that's the thing that's the message that being that's not only being sent to women but also also being yeah. sent to girls and then it goes from them to their husbands and then just, and i think know. i think we could agree on some of this too like i think that that would be a decent practice for some people especially um somebody that we can't really get them to adhere to a tough nutritional plan mm-hmm. say look man when you go out to eat get a salad eat the shit out of that salad uh, eat your eat your bacon cheeseburger first, okay. Yeah. You you don't want to ditch the bun, but I just fucking do it, you know. Eat, but I eat the burger first, and if you still got room for some French fries, like th- those are like little small changes. And if we can get you to have the uh, salad without a ton of dressing on it, then we're probably going to eat less calories. Hopefully, by the time you got to the French fries, mm-hmm. hopefully uh, you don't clear them all out. And if you still clear them all out, then like what we're trying to do didn't really wasn't really that effective, but. I think, you know, swapping out some calories for some vegetables isn't a bad idea, except for vegetables almost always are accompanied by a lot of calories. They always have junk on them. And so Mm -hmm. like one thing that I really wonder about vegetarians is, you know, what's their stance on like these vegetable oils? It's starting to, there's starting to be more and more information and evidence that these vegetable oils um, and seed oils are just horrific. There, some people are saying they're as bad as sugar. I don't know if I agree with that. Um, I don't know how harmful they are and I don't know like what in what dosage, but if all you ever eat is veggies and you, you uh, eat a lot of veggies out, they're dumping all kinds of crap on your, on your food. Uh, restaurants that claim they, you know, use olive oil, they, a lot of times the olive oil is like 50, 50, it's like 50% oh. canola oil, 50% olive oil. Oh, so man. they're, they're allowed to like do all kinds of crazy stuff that you just, you're just unaware. Like you just don't know, you know? And I, like, I don't know, I don't know the, uh, I don't know how what how big of a negative impact that would have because like probably a vegan or somebody that's on a plan like that, um, someone that understands the diet 
uh, probably isn't having a lot of vegan snacks and they're probably not overeating. Yeah. So again, they're probably on a pretty decent path, but still I kind of wonder if there's, you know, much negative impact yeah. of some of those oils and stuff. Just real quick. Cause I, I don't know, is olive oil, olive oil. Okay. To, to use. It's a fruit. I, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Olive oil, olive oil. So olive oil and coconut oil, they, they cook at pretty good temperatures. Um, I think with olive oil, I think you need to be careful at how high a temperature you cook it. But like, if you're just going to pour it on a salad, it's great. Mm-hmm. Okay. And avocado, avocado, all that stuff's good. Yeah, yeah, they're not. Those aren't. Those aren't vegetables. Um, I don't know what the deal is with vet with vegetable oil. I don't know why it's uh, being like demonized. But um, my understanding is just like the process of it. They have to heat it up too much, um, and then it just has um, uh, poofas in it. <laughs> the um, polyunsaturated fatty acids mm-hmm. that are they're they're like um what's the word uh they're like damaged they're they're damaged because of the process they have to go through they have to get heated up too much and you're you're pulling a lot of oil and stuff out of stuff that just doesn't typically have a lot of oil in it yeah like such as vegetables what's, these have a lot of oil in them. What, what's the oil that fat most fast food chains use is it canola oil that they use or is it something else yeah just like corn oil right Um, so fast food places, uh, so the only places where fast food places would really use oils is in frying Yeah, because they usually just cook their burgers. And my understanding is a lot of these places just cook their burgers on a grill. Okay. Especially like in and out, but I could be wrong. They could be using something in their burgers, but uh, not that I've seen. I know for sure in and out uses sunflower seed oil for their fries. uh, fries. And I know that because at the bottom of the, uh, the tray yeah it says right. cooked in sunflower seed oil and i was like hey like is this is this cool like is this a good thing so like I, it's I, a bad thing i took a picture. <laughs> it should be cooked in, and it should be cooked yeah. in like tallow or something like that yeah, yeah so that can withstand a higher temperature i i took a picture of it and i put it on my instagram and right away paul saladino was like dude that's the worst thing you can be having right now i'm like away from me satan like but sunflower seeds are good oh wait but that's right you can't like make oil out of them naturally yeah, yeah. right right damn it yeah, I think the verdict is still out on some of that kind of stuff. But anyway, we've been sitting here nitpicking for quite some time, you know, about like, uh, you know, do we really believe that you can, you know, live longer uh, by eating better um, and exercising? And I think that, you know, it's it's hard to know, you know, is, uh, is Joe Rogan going to live to 120 because he exercises and um, eats healthy and rubbed elbows with some of the best people in the world is Dave Asprey, who says he's going to live to 140, um, going to be able to accomplish that through many, many different means that he utilizes to try to stay healthy and just try to stay in shape. I don't know if we'll ever really have the answers to it. Um, I guess, you know, when I think about some of these annoying people that ask, isn't that unhealthy? Um, you know, they've been saying that about powerlifting and they've been saying about that, like about the styles of, of diets I use. Some of that is warranted because sometimes, well, many times my posts are inflammatory, kind of on, <laughs> kind of on purpose just to get like some knee jerk things going on and, and get some movement and get some, uh, attention. Um, so it's, it, but when people are asking, isn't that unhealthy? I just hope that they're really asking that and they're really looking for an answer mm. because I think if we all keep digging, maybe we'll start to find answers. And I'm not really after like longevity. I don't fucking care how long I'm here for necessarily. I just want to kick ass while I'm here and feel really good. You're right. So I'm not like scared to die. I know I don't really think about like mortality and I don't really think about like longevity. Like 
if you were to think about it and you live to be, let's, let's say that you live to be 200 years old. It's like, that would kind of suck. You would see all your friends, all your family, you'd see everybody die. You'd have to be married a couple times. Maybe you wouldn't, maybe that wouldn't bother you too much. Can I get a, Hey now, dude, me and my boy, it's so funny. But that we're dating at 150 this. years old would be kind of rough, you know? Yo. Okay. I can't me- find anybody else my age. Yeah. yeah. Dude, you're with a 25 year old. You're 120 years old. <laughs> She's in the older guys. You pervert. <laughs> All right, yo, me, like it's so funny that we're Her talking about this. Grandma wasn't born when, <laughs> when you were in your twenties. Yeah, because like last night, me and my boy, we were talking about this subject, but in a in a weird kind of way. So you guys were naked. No, we we, we mm. were clothed. We were clothed. That's hot. Um, <laughs> but pretty much, I think it's like you know we were talking about like the longevity aspect of things, and because he was like. I think we were talking about 2100. He's like, I want to be dead by the time 2100 comes around. I'm like, come on, dude, you don't want to be dead. Like what if the next 20 (laughs) years, what if in the next 20 years, there's a pill that comes out that can literally stop your aging process right there. Damn. You know, like he's, and I was like, would you take it? And he's like, nah, man, that's not natural. <laughs> like, like, he's like, no, that yeah. that's like we, we were made to age. I think Peter Maitia or I Peter Itia is using something like that, right? Like raptamycin or something. Yeah, like that, yeah, right? they're yeah they're getting there to where they can do what you just said. Like, yeah, it's very rudimentary, obviously, right now. But I mean, it's Galpin not, wasn't a not fan not of far it. Far off. Yeah, Galpin's <laughs> like that guy's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, when you're as smart as Galpin, right? Yeah, like yeah. everyone's an idiot. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay, but would you guys? take that pill if you could stop your aging process let's say mark you get to 50 comes out you can stop at 50 you can stop <laughs> aging would you take it what well, 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 it's amazing because like yeah like if you were here forever like we don't really know what's going to happen but we do know that your aging process is going to stop right now yeah it's like fuck man i don't know you don't know I don't know if I would. T- I take that shit. <laughs> I mean, you're just around I, forever. So, so I, I, I would totally. I'd be down if I could take it, and the aging process stops, but I still eventually die, <laughs> like I normally would. Yeah. Like, like I just happen to have like this like testosterone level. This like is a I movie. Have, you, you know, like I, I, I still like. I, I look this way. I, I, I have the same like muscle development or the avail, uh, uh, ability to develop muscle. Yeah. But I just happen to be like, ah, shit, look at the time. Like, well, uh-huh. I'll see you guys on the, <laughs> the next yeah, Imagine run. if you outlived everything. You know? Yeah. Like yeah, if so I outlived out- all this and I had to like fi- figure out a way to like restart shit. Yeah. Like, it would just be you and a bunch of cockroaches everywhere. Yeah. yeah. They, they don't die. But he, okay. So he was like, well, I, I don't think I want to take it because, you know, like I have a love and, you know, she dies and every, my kid, my children die. Well, yo, if you got the pill, well, your kids can get the pill. Your mm-hmm. wife can get the pill. So let's say can, your wife can takes they the pill. Though? What if there's only one capsule? Let's just say that this is a, this is a mass produced capsule. You need some money to buy it, but you have that money. You're going to have kids. You have those kids, but then they can also take the capsule when they're 30 to 35 years can old. They, so now you're living through like five generations and you look. 50 and all your kids look 50 but y'all are like all centurions what if somebody feeds it to, what if somebody feeds it to their baby <laughs> they got a baby forever oh, got a permanent so... baby all right i'd be i would probably do that but after 30 years your baby's now speaking like a 30 year old in a oh, baby's man. body yeah yeah but like i mean would the like would my daughter not grow up to be bigger and like you oh know? that's just evil <laughs> yeah, you could, there would like, be she laws she you know you could put her in a box and she won't get any bigger right like a like a watermelon when they make them grow square yeah or like oh back in like ancient china they would bound <laughs> yeah, girls their feet, feet. Oh, yeah yeah hey, you could do that to her say <laughs> so you got to stay the same size forever yeah i like that 
I take the pill. You take the pill. I, I take the pill. Man. I think I, if, like I said, like if, that guy if, over there said he's nine hundred and forty years old. I don't believe him. He looks great. Yeah, man. Black hey. don't crack. Nope. It really, it really won't at that point. Yeah. Shoot. That's a good. That's a good little. Uh, before there. we close out, congratulations to Bryce Lewis. Unbelievable performance. Yeah. Uh, at uh, Again, I mean, he always is kicking ass. Last time he was here, he couldn't even lift with us. His back was all jacked up. He was he was hurting. Oh, snap. Yeah. He was like, I was like, oh, what's, well, uh, you know, we for YouTube stuff, we did like some bodybuilding stuff because I, I was in bodybuilding mode at that time, too. And so uh, that was the content that we shared. But congratulations to him. That's awesome. Um He's somebody that has just a, a really deep understanding of the sport and somebody that like if you get programming from him, it's not some copy and paste thing that's like from his notes on his iPhone with a bunch of misspelled words and stuff. It's something that's really methodical. <clears throat> it's really thought out. And he, from the stuff he showed me, it was pretty crazy. Like he even gives you information uh uh, for your like warm-ups and everything like mm -hmm. there's there's yeah. everything's in there like you're gonna use 65 pounds and then you're gonna use 95 pounds and it's like holy shit like he really uh took a lot of time and effort uh to you know produce all that workouts are tough you know he has some tough workouts on there he's a high volume high frequency uh kind of lifter and so you're gonna get your butt handed to you but if you want to get strong man he's a good guy to look up he's a good guy to check out and then um also, I'm, I've never had the honor of meeting him, but I don't understand what's going on. Uh, this is a legend of legends, uh, one of the greatest powerlifters of all time. Doesn't get enough uh, respect or props, but a guy's named David Ricks. Um, he squatted uh, five, no, 683. I think it was 683. He's, is that the video you saw? He is, yeah, he is 60 mm. years old, Six zero. Um, and this guy's been breaking um, IPF and USAPL records for decades. I mean, it, it's just, to put it in perspective, uh, my best raw squat in a meet is 644. So, <laughs> and uh, this guy is doing it, uh, I think in like the 242, well, whatever, they have different weight classes, but 240, 240-pound uh, weight class. This is a drug-tested federation uh, that he's been lifting in for like nine million years, just an unbelievable. Jeez, um, are my man's eyes closed? I think they might have been. Whew, that's experience right there, man. That was a beautiful squat. Yeah, and that was. Uh, it looks like that's from the uh, Arnold Classic. But yeah, I want to say that he he hit a six eighty three squat. Um, I don't remember some of the other numbers, but just again, it's just a guy that just doesn't get mentioned all that much. And when we talk about the goat, when we talk about the greatest of all time. It's like you know, maybe our definition sometimes should change because it's like that guy has been lifting for decades on end. He keeps going. Like maybe there's something kind of cool about um, being able to lift like this for so long. Southern 80. <laughs> oh, my oh, oh so this is, yeah. So he also used to compete in some single ply gear mm. back years ago mm. um, when that's kind of all they had. He he would be amazing to get on the podcast. I'm pretty sure he's like one of those dudes that just lives out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, no. Nah, if you guys, my are god, his spotter's like 75 <laughs> feet tall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you guys are listening, we're watching him squat uh, 780 with knee wraps. And just a YouTube a YouTube's video. Pretty interesting looking like squat setup right next to the uh, the lockers. Yeah, <laughs> just in the it. back of a locker room. Yeah, yeah. It's not even in the gym; it's in the locker room. Yeah. Oof. Oh man. 
But yeah, no, that'd be great to have him on because like we're over here talking about longevity and sport, right? Well, oh my God. Wow. Yeah. And he's had it and he's probably, I mean, if that guy gets his blood work done, I'm sure he's healthy as a horse. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 The videos I've seen on his Instagram, he's not over like limping around. He's, he's spry. Looks like a spry young buck. Damn. All right, peeps. Uh, strength is never weakness. Weakness is never strength. Catch y'all later. Bye.